This is not going to be a pleasant experience. You are going to see and hear things that are not going to be very nice. Experts divide serial killing into two general types: organized and disorganized. An organized killer brings everything he needs to complete the murder. A disorganized killer improvises. Begin. Listener discretion is advised. So today we're going to talk about Henry Lewis Wallace, North Carolina's most prolific serial killer. So we're coming straight from our hometowns, big area, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> still North home Carolina, state. home state, yeah, hometowns. It's like I don't know how far Charlotte here. is from us. Hundred and twenty miles. I was going to say like hundred thirty, maybe. Yeah, not not too far. Yeah, it but, just. Proves, you know, that we're talking about the most prolific serial killers and Raleigh wasn't on the list. So suck it, Charlotte. <laughs> you guys get an MLS team, but you also get serial killers. I'll take the no MLS team and no serial killers. You win some, you lose some, Charlotte. Yeah. That's what you get for renaming your downtown uptown. Losers. Yeah. Absolutely. Even though I, Charlotte listeners have actually outpaced Raleigh. And everyone, really? everyone around us in like the last 10. So also thank you. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess I got to take it all back. But then also suck it to our own our own hometown. What the yeah, hell? Got to do better. Got to do better. <laughs> Be better. Be better, Raleigh area. Be about it. All right. So yeah, Henry Lewis Wallace uh, was actually uh, born November 1965. Oh, he a youngin. Yeah. Um, he was born in, I forgot. I didn't write down the damn day. Damn it. Um. But uh, that's not really that 1965. Important. Yeah, he's November 1965. That's all that really matters. He's like 56 years old, right? Na- uh, now, yeah. yeah. Um, and he, like Leo said, killed uh, nine plus or ten plus, who, depending on who you ask, women in Charlotte in uh, between 1990 and 1994. That's pretty recent, too. Yeah, it wasn't too long ago. No. It happened in my lifetime, just barely. Yes. Still but, counts. Uh, he was uh, born in Barnwell, South Carolina, um, to his mother, Lottie Mae Wallace. Oh, that's a cute name. It's a great name. She sounds like she should be a blues singer or something. Yeah. Um, his father was actually a married school teacher who was having an affair with Lottie Mae, oh. uh, who ran out on the pregnant Lottie Mae. I mean. What a dick. Yeah. Uh, so when he was growing up, um, his mom, I'm just going to keep saying her name because I love her name, Lottie Mae. Uh, worked really long hours as a textile worker and uh, was known as a very harsh disciplinarian. And even for, like, the smallest offenses, she would punish the shit out of her son. Really? Interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of like the beginnings of, like, a fucked up person, right? Yeah. That's typically how what you hear. Um, but yeah. then it, things get weird, though, right? Not even weird. It's, like, changes your how you think he's going to turn out because he went to Burnwell High School um, where he was actually elected to student government and was a cheerleader. That does not sound like the beginnings of a serial killer. No, it sounds like the exact opposite. Right? It sounds like this kid's going to be super successful in life. Yeah. Uh, he graduated in 1983, and later he would become a local DJ and even attended several colleges uh, before eventually joining the Navy in 1985. Did it say which colleges? Uh, no. Okay. That matter. Join I'm, the Navy. I'm, assume, I'm assuming some in South Carolina, maybe some in North Carolina. Yeah, so I just wanted to see what side of the border we were on. He's still in South Carolina at this point. Um, in 1987, he also married his high school sweetheart, Maretta Brabham. Brabham, Brabham, don't ask it. That's but fine. But B-R-A-B-H-A-M. Better than I can do. Yeah. I was thinking like Bradham, like the linebacker for the uh, Eagles. Fuck the Eagles. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> um, so, But he was also honor- honorably discharged in 1988. Um, and this is where you start seeing him slip a bit. I mean, this seems all very normal <laughs> super normal cat so yeah. far um and then it starts to get a little strange but still not too insane um so while he was in the navy uh he started using crack 
I mean, that, was a, that was a big thing then. That's the 80s, you yeah. know? Crack and big hair bands and prints. You got to get through your, your long work shifts, you know? Maybe. A little pocket energy. And so uh, he was also served uh, multiple warrants for burglaries around the Seattle metro area. Oh, shit. He's very far from North Carolina. Yeah, that boy, yeah, I mean, he's stationed there. I'm sure yeah, there's yeah. a base right up there, yeah, isn't there? There's, yeah. yeah, Whidbey Island. There's a yeah. few in the Puget Sound, too. And uh, so in January 1988, uh, Wallace was arrested for breaking into a hardware store, and in June he pleaded guilty to second-degree burglary. What I is second-degree burglary? I have no idea. I don't know what that means. It's just like a spur-to-the-moment burglary. Like it wasn't planned? Like you're just walking by like, fuck it, I'm going in that store. I guess. I don't know. Or maybe it's like less than a certain amount. <laughs> I'm going to research that while you right? do that. Yeah. So the judge only sentenced him to two years of like supervised probation. And um, his uh, probation officer, Patrick Seberg, uh, would later reveal that Wallace would not show up for the majority of his mandatory meetings. So it looks like we got the makings of a little cr- uh, criminal coming up. Okay, so second degree burglary is burglary when it's considered a dwelling or an apartment that is not occupied at the time of the crime. Okay. So basically no one's present. So what I'm assuming most burglaries are like that then. Yeah. Because why would you run the risk of waking someone up if you're going to steal? Here is a quick word from our sponsor. We take this few seconds off to inform you, our valued loyal listener, about the best health and fitness podcast shows. From the Nespod Studios. Join us as we give you the best of the best health and wellness updates you can rely on for the treatment of chronic health problems. Classic functional medicine back to basics health tips and special updates from the best doctors in the United States of America. Check out this health and wellness podcast shows. Explore Health Talk Weekly, Healthy Lifestyle Matters, Excellent Health Digest, Healthy and Free Daily and last but not least. Weekly Health and Fitness Corner. Also, Check out Nasty Boy CC The Truest Story Never Told Fiction Podcast for that real-life-on-the-go experience with the 27-year-old golden boy who made our guest invite number one list. He tells us about his story as it happens in real time and in real life. It's Nasty Boy CC The Truest Story Never Told. Go get a load of that happiness because happiness is healthy as we know it. Join us every week as we continue to provide you the best of health and fitness wellness updates from around the globe. Enjoy the show. And then wait till they're gone. I don't know. Because then if they're there, then they wake up and they have a gun. And you don't. It's like maybe it's just like it's it's known that it's a vacant place yeah, versus I don't, I don't know. it could be occupied. I don't yeah, know. It lessens the danger of bodily harm to someone. Yeah, I think so. Uh... And so, like I said, he he didn't go to the majority of his mandatory meetings. So the next little thing that would pop up about Mr. Henry Lewis, um, in 1990, is believed that he murdered Tashonda Bathia, um, and he dumped her body in a pond in Barnwell, South Carolina. He was questioned about her disappearance, um, but was never charged with her murder. And he was also questioned about the alleged attempted rape of like a 16 year old girl. At the same, like, around the same time Around frame? the same time. Um, Fuck. But nothing came of that. It was just questioning again. Uh, but it was known in the community that uh, Wallace, he had had a crush on uh, Tashonda, and that they had actually gone on dates a few times. Like, they had gone out a few times. So there's a little... A little puppy that's a, that's a little, love. That's a little... You Summer know, suspicion, loving. you know? Having a blast. Was that was that one creepy line? Did she put up a fight? <laughs> yeah, oh, that's yeah. fucking creepy. I hate that song. That is a little strange, yeah, right? Um. So by the time that shit happened, his marriage had fallen apart. You know, when you're being accused of raping sixteen year old girls or attempting to rape a sixteen year old girl, potentially and being questioned for people. murders. Understandable. That'll do that. Yeah. And he was fired from his job as a chemical operator at uh, Sandoz Chemical Company. Did a pretty good job. Sounds like a nice job. Yeah. I mean, chemical operator could also be like, you throw chemicals away. Still probably they get, get paid they pretty well. They give you fancy names for everything nowadays. Yeah, but this like is the a 90s. sanitation engineer. You're a janitor. Yeah, or it could be a garbage man. They still Sorry, make or a custodian. They make good money. I don't know the difference between a custodian and janitor. I don't know. 
I think it's the same. I'm not sure. I don't know why they have different names for it. So in 1991, uh, Henry Wallace moved to Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, He found jobs at fast food restaurants in the East Charlotte area. And in uh, 1992, he picked up Sharon Nance, a convicted drug dealer and prostitute. A toot? Prostitute. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why I said it like that, but I did. Just a toot. Toot toot. Uh, when uh, it brings a whole new me to toot it and boot it, don't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I didn't think about that. that. <laughs> um, so when Nance demanded payment, he went full on GTA mode and fucking murked her right there in the car, beat her to death. Damn, <laughs> I said that weirdly cheerfully. Yeah, uh, that's fucked up. Yeah, but I mean, we all did that in GTA. Yeah, the video game, obviously. Yeah, not I real mean, life. GTA is not real life. Yeah. So, I mean, sometimes it feels like it is. Um, but so he beat her to death and then dumped her body next to some railroad tracks. Uh, her body was actually found a few days later. Nothing ever came of that. This <clears throat> kind of mystery body? Yeah, just like, oh, hey, there's a known drug dealer and prostitute. Oh, she's dead. Let's go on with our day. Time for Bojangles Biscuit. I'm glad you brought up Bo's. <laughs> it's a show about Charlotte. How could I not? So the first murder... Um, that he's convicted of was Caroline Love. Um, on June 15th, 1992, uh, Caroline Love was uh, sharing an apartment with Sadie McKnight, which was Henry Lewis Wallace's girlfriend. Um, that night, after completing her shift at Bojangles on Central Ave, Ooh. Um, she, uh, Love asked the night manager to buy a roll of quarters for laundry, and she did, so she gave him 10 bucks. She gave him a $10 bill, he got her 10 bucks in quarters. Which I think is a roll. I think it rolls ten bucks and quarters. Is it? I, mean, I think so. That's a lot of quarters. Yeah, I mean, it's a roll though. Yeah, it's I mean that thick, makes sense. Take old roll. Yeah. Um, and after Love like left the restaurant, um, her cousin Robert Ross noticed her walking home, and he gave her a ride home, and he watched her go into the apartment. Okay. So she's safe. She's home. She's safe. Presumably safe. Yeah. A few days later. Caroline's boss called her called her sister Kathy um, to let her know her sister hadn't been to work in two days. No phone calls or nothing. No unusual. No, no call, no shows. Yeah. Um, Kathy swung by the apartment and left a note for her sister. And um, the next day, after yet another missed shift, um, the boss called Kathy again and letting her know that Caroline still hadn't showed up. And so then Kathy called Henry, who Kathy knew Henry. Okay. Um, in order to contact Sadie, her roommate. Oh, okay. So Sadie didn't even know what had happened. Um, so the three of them, Sadie, Henry, and Kathy. So the roommate, the sister, the roommate's boyfriend, mm-hmm. also the murderer. The suspect. Went and filed a missing persons report at the police station. Oh, he went down to the police station? Oh, yeah. that's... Diabolical. Yeah, it's kind of fucked up. <laughs> and so when Kathy went back, she noticed some of the furniture was moved and her bed sheets were missing. And the roll of quarters was also not found in the room. <laughs> it's 10 bucks. Yeah, hey. <laughs> 10 bucks. That's a lot of crack you can buy that's, with that. That's damn near... A four-piece bone-in chicken dinner. That is a four-piece bone-in chicken dinner. That's nine twenty-nine currently. So yes, you can buy. Oh some no, you can't get because of tax. Oh yeah, I think it tax. Three-piece motherfucker. Yeah. Or the um, Supremes. Supremes are for children, and if you get a Supreme and you're over the age of twelve, grow the fuck up. <laughs> um, so on March thirteenth, nineteen ninety-four, Henry Lewis Wallace confessed to the murder. Of Caroline Love. There's, Why? There's more. Was he coerced in any way? Let me... Uh, okay, that's, sorry. Let me keep going. <laughs> so, in his confession, he confessed that he made a copy of Sadie's key so he can get into her apartment anytime and uh, enter, the, enter the apartment when nobody's home. Uh, when Caroline came home, he let her know that he was in the bathroom. Okay. Like, I'm assuming, like, hey, man, I'm taking a shit. I'll leave when I'm done. <laughs> what he, he basically said he'd leave when he was done with the bathroom. I don't know what he was doing. Don't know. Just don't know. 
cranking it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's weird. This is a weird mental picture I just got. <laughs> How fucked up that be? You're just cranking, rubbing one out, and your fucking girlfriend's bathroom, her roommate comes home. Uh, don't mind me. <laughs> just a little busy in here. Just playing some five finger couch hockey. <laughs> Just in the bathroom feeding the geese. Don't mind me. <laughs> Five finger couch hockey. I've yeah. never heard that. Yeah, bud. Uh-huh. <laughs> so when he left the bathroom, he, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming they both had each their own toilet in their own room. Yeah, I would think so, yeah. And when he was going through the living room, Caroline was in there, and he went over and gave her a little kiss on the cheek. It's still strange. Yeah, I mean, a little odd. That's not his girlfriend, right? Yeah. And uh, so she even said, she's like, I won't tell Sadie if you promise to never do that again. <laughs> she's like, just leave me she's alone. She's like, dude, just don't fucking, like, I won't fuck your life up if you never do that again, bro. That's <laughs> enough of that shit. Um, so he does what every normal dude does. He put her in a fucking chokehold. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah. Yeah. No, you meant to say what Chris Brown does, not every normal guy. <laughs> gimme, gimme. Uh-huh. Wasn't that one of his songs? Yeah, I, I, don't I don't fucking know. <laughs> it's your man on the, in the bathroom. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, so he put her in a chokehold and kept squeezing until she passed out. Oh, it's fucked up. Um, so then he moved her to the bedroom, removed her clothes, and tied her hands behind her back with a curling iron cord. And he also placed tape over her mouth. So then he... Then he performed oral on her and then raped her uh, while she was, like, semi-conscious. And while he raped her, he continued to hold her in a chokehold. And after the rape, uh, Wallace strangled her to death. Um, he used, So then he went outside, got a large orange trash bag that he had in his car, and went back up into the apartment where he wrapped her body up in bedsheets. And put the bed sheets with her body in it into the orange trash bag. It's a big ass trash bag. This is she was also a very small like she was petite. Still. And that becomes a trend. Okay. Petite is kind of what he goes for. Mm. Gotcha. Um He's got a type. Yeah. And uh so he he put her body that is also ensconced in a bed sheet. <laughs> And then they also took another trash bag and filled it with clothes, so it make it so to try to make it look like she had left on her own accord. Okay, like she packed up and left. Um, kind of like an afterthought, but yeah. On and the so right track, I guess he put her in the backseat of his car and just drove around Charlotte looking for a place to dump the body. Um, and he decided like he came to a stop and dropped her body off in the woods off of Statesville Road. Oh, okay. Um. Of, like the next day, he went back because he was worried that the orange was orange bag was a little too noticeable in the woods. Right? Fair. That's yeah. why hunters wear orange hats. Yeah, so they don't get shot in the face like that yep. one guy with Dick Cheney. <laughs> hey man, that guy apologized to Dick. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and so uh, he went back and took the orange bag back and kind of just shoved her body into a shallow ditch. That's the end of his confession on that. Okay. Let's move on to the Shauna Hawk murder. Great name, by the way. Yeah, I agree. So Shauna Hawk was a paralegal student at Central Piedmont Community College. Um, she lived with her mother, and she worked at a Taco Bell where Henry, Henry Wallace was her manager. So on February 19th, 1993, her mom arrived home to cook dinner. Shauna's car wasn't there, but her coat and purse were still in the closet. A little weird. Yeah. Um, so and another thing, it was like cold that day. And she wouldn't go anywhere without her coat. And she never went anywhere without her purse. So something's a little off, right? So she uh, she called Shauna's boyfriend, Daryl Kirkpatrick, if he had seen her, but he hadn't. Um, and Shauna was also supposed to have picked up her godson from daycare. And she also hadn't done that because that's what happens when you're missing. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, at that point, mom's getting a little upset, you know? Her daughter's missing. She's not doing the thing she normally does and takes care of. Uh, so Kirkpatrick returned to comfort the mom. Okay. He's like, oh, it's all good. Like, trying to be, like, a good boyfriend. It's understandable. Take care of the mom. Yeah. Um, 
So together they found a missing persons report. When they went back to the apartment, um, Kirkpatrick noticed the shower curtain was outside the tub. And so when he moved the curtain back, he found Shauna Hawk submerged underwater, uh, like curled up and um, submerged under the water. Oh, she, she was, was there put, the whole time? Yeah, she was pronounced dead when she got to the hospital. I mean, she was dead in the tub. She's but. probably been dead for a while. Yeah, the autopsy report uh, found a contusion behind and above the left ear and a small laceration of the ear- eardrum. And then uh, during the confessions, uh, he Wall- Henry Wallace admitted to going to see Hawk and like they talked for a while. And uh, when Wallace was leaving, Hawk gave him a hug. And when she gave him a hug, he like kind of held her there and he demanded that she have sex with him. <laughs> Bold strategy, dude. Yeah. So, I mean, she like was like, what the fuck are you talking about? What are you doing? And like basically kind of like threatened her physically. I mean, he's not a small man. He's a rather large dude. And um, he even, in his confession, admitted that Hawk was, like, like uh, Shauna Hawk was scared and was crying during the whole coerced sex. And then um, after they had finished, he told her to go to the bathroom. I put her clothes on, go to the bathroom. Um, and when she went into the bathroom, he uh, placed her in a chokehold between his arms until she passed out. And then he admits to filling the bathtub and placing her in it, effectively killing her. So that's fucked two. Fucked up, man. This guy's this guy's super fucked up. I mean, there's no non-fucked up serial killer, though. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, but there's ones like that are if, at they, least... if they were like going around killing other serial killers like Dexter, you could be like, ah, I kind of see a good side of this. Yeah, I mean, some choose better victims than others. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> what? <laughs> like if you're serial killing, like gang rapists and shit right if you're like you're taking out other bad people i won't i mean you still shouldn't much. kill people but it's not as bad because if that is like some girl that works at taco bell and you're her manager yeah like what the fuck and so now we move on to the audrey spain murder um on june 23rd 1993 audrey 24 years old um was supposed to show up at work at 6 30 at the taco bell on windover road in charlotte um, when she didn't show up on time, her manager called to see where she was. No, no response, of course. Um, the next day, she missed her shift again. That then, that time, the manager actually drove to her apartment and fa- saw her car, like at the apartment, and um, like left messages again. And after the third day, consecutive day, uh, the manager finally called nine one one after trying to call her sister and getting no response. So on uh, June twenty fifth, nineteen ninety three. Maintenance actually entered the apartment through a sliding glass door and found Audrey dead on dead in her bed. Fuck. Right? Uh, so, again, during his confessions, um, Henry Wallace confessed to being in the apartment and smoking weed together. Um, he admitted that his motive for the visit was to rob her. Damn. Um, and, of course, when he did it, when he got there, again, after getting a hug... Goodbye. Put her in a chokehold. And then he questioned Audrey about the combo to the work, like the work safe at the Taco Bell. Just trying to get on the Taco Bell dollars. Yeah, so he's robbing Taco Bell via robbing Audrey. Yeah. By the way, <laughs> if you get a chance to look this guy up, he looks like a nerdy, notorious B.I.G. <laughs> <laughs> he did. <laughs> With his cashmere sweaters and shit. He did. Cashmere sweaters were the thing though in the nineties, bro. Yeah, them that those fucking glasses though, the birth that control glasses. Oh. And uh, he also asked about her personal account, and she told him she didn't really have any money because she just returned from vacation. Yeah, these are Taco Bell employees, man. Mm-hmm. You're not going after the Fortune 500 CEOs, right? Um, what you're expecting. So he then said in his confession that he didn't remember taking her clothes off, but uh, Audrey had begged not to be hurt. And he continued to choke her until she passed out. Afterwards, he had sex with her and then washed her body in the shower to remove evidence. Uh, So he's, like, slowly, like, figuring out how to do this. Yeah. But he also, like, does just stupid shit. Um, So he put her back in the bed. And uh, I I think that caught caught on the mic. That was a goofy burp, dude. Yeah. 
Um, so I thought I was going to cough. And then yeah, that was, <laughs> I was weird. Like, what the fuck? It's a weird noise, man. <laughs> so I put her back in the bed and tied a T-shirt and a bra around her neck. Why? T- to strangle her. Oh. To kill her. I thought she was already dead. Okay. No, no, no. She was like semi-conscious. Oh, okay. Like she was passed out and he was just washing her body off. But gotcha. she, was, she still had a pulse. It's fucked um, up, man. So, you know, he tied a T-shirt and a bra around her neck and left. He returned the next day to make some calls from that apartment so it wouldn't appear that she had died from the same day as his visit. That's actually kind of smart. And then he also stole her visa card and used it to buy gas on the way out of there. That's not smart. (laughs) You win some, you lose some. (laughs) Right? I'm telling you, like, he does, like, he, it's like he sort of thinks it through, but at the same time, he doesn't. He's, like, a couple steps behind. Like, he's he's like, oh, I want to kill somebody, and I think I got a system. But then he does dumb shit. Yeah. Uh, Not a good system. So then we jump to the, well, that's horrible use of words. We jump to the murder of Valencia Jumper. <laughs> Come on, Aaron. Just a play on words <laughs> there. You're going to leap there. We hop there. Right. Hop on over. For fuck's sake, Aaron. Uh, so Valencia was a senior uh, studying political science at Johnson C. Smith University. And on August 9th, 1993, Valencia and her friend, Zachary Douglas, had arranged to hang out at night. This is why I don't like reading off my notes sometimes. So in the wee hours of the morning (laughs) on August 10th, um, Douglas arrived to the apartment. He noticed smoke coming out of the window. And uh, when he got to the apartment, he actually just was able to open the door. It was unlocked. So he just opened the door straight in, um, you know, to make sure everything's okay. You see smoke coming out. Shit ain't right. Yeah. Um, when he opened the door, he found that there was too much smoke in the room for him to like even get in without like basically dying. And, uh, so he notified a neighbor and, the, and they called the fire department. Um, when the fire, de- when the fire department got there, when they entered the apartment, they found that the fire was started by leaving a pot on the burner for too long. Okay. And then they found Valencia's body in her bedroom. Dead. Sad. So... During his confessions, um, Henry Wallace confessed to killing Valencia and stated that she was like a little sister to him. What the fuck is up with this guy, man? I don't know. I mean, there have been points in my life where I wanted to kill my little sister. No. <laughs> not not actually. <laughs> not, like, figuratively. Right. Not physically. Like, basically, anytime she annoyed me, I was just like, oh, man. One of these days. That's just a sibling thing. Yeah. But you don't actually Not anymore. Mean it. She's all right now. She's a, she's a lot better now. <laughs> you hear that? She grew into it. <laughs> you hear that? <laughs> um, I fully expect the text at this point mm-hmm. when she hears that. Um, so they had been hanging out that night, and uh, Henry Wallace had left. He left, and she was still alive. Okay. He returned a little bit later and basically told Valencia that he and his girlfriend Sadie had gotten into a fight and that he was asking, he asked to like use the phone to call someone. Here is a quick word from our sponsor. We take this few seconds off to inform you, our valued loyal listener, about the best health and fitness podcast shows from the Nespod Studios. Join us as we give you the best of the best health and wellness updates you can rely on for the treatment of chronic health problems. Classic functional medicine back to basics health tips and special updates from the best doctors in the United States of America. Check out this health and wellness podcast shows. Explore Health Talk Weekly, Healthy Lifestyle Matters, Excellent Health Digest, Healthy and Free Daily and last but not least. Weekly Health and Fitness Corner. Also, Check out Nasty Boy CC The Truest Story Never Told Fiction Podcast for that real-life on-the-go experience with the 27-year-old golden boy who made our guest invite number one list. He tells us about his story as it happens in real time and in real life. It's Nasty Boy CC The Truest Story Never Told. Go get a load of that happiness because happiness is healthy as we know it. Join us every week as we continue to provide you the best of health and fitness wellness updates from around the globe. Enjoy the show. I guess he couldn't do it at his own place or at Sadie's. Well, there's no cell phones back then either. Yeah. 
Go find a payphone. Go go to your own place and make a call, right? Yeah. Um, And so when she reached for the phone, he put her in a chokehold. Ah. Yeah. Who would have guessed? So, again. He just likes choking people, man. He's a big dude. It's it's effective when you outweigh the person by like three times their body weight. Yeah, that's true. Um, So Valencia begged not to be hurt and that she would do anything to not be hurt. So he does the same shit he's been doing, forces her to have sex with him. Jesus Christ, dude. Um, So when she started, like, afterwards, when she started putting on her clothes, he threw a towel over her head and strangled her with it until she passed out. Um... He also confessed that he saw blood coming out of her nose, so he applied pressure for five minutes until she died. The yeah. fuck, man? So then he went around the. Then he said he went around the apartment wiping his fingerprints. So then, and he found a bottle of rum in the kitchen and poured it all over Valencia's body, bed, and floor. Not half bad, actually. Then he went to the kitchen, put a pot of beans on the stove, and set the burner to high and removed the batteries from the smoke detector and went back to the bedroom, lit a match, and threw it on Valencia's Valencia's rum-soaked potty and uh, dipped out. He came back 20 minutes later to see smoke coming out of the apartment, and he left. He's like, okay, shit's on on fire. Um, He had also stolen some jewelry from her and pawned it off. Yeah. I mean, if this guy wanted to get laid, he's working at Taco Bell. He could just bring college college chicks Taco Bell. And they'll love you. Well, the sad thing is most of these girls are like college-age chicks. Yeah, I know. College, I mean, college-age chicks. That was fucking gross. <laughs> yeah. I'm older than that. That was bad. I'm um, not running a casting couch here. I mean, we don't even have a couch. No. Casting chair. <laughs> That's really uncomfortable. <laughs> casting office chairs. Oh, God. <laughs> and so let's uh, let's hop into Michelle Stinson's murder here. On uh, September 15th, 1993, James Mays, a friend of Michelle, went to visit the single mother of two young boys. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. I think it was 22. Uh, 20, not 22, but 20. Yeah, two zero. Yeah. Uh, when he got to the apartment and knocked, nobody answered. And then the boys started knocking on the window and saying that their mom was asleep on the kitchen floor. That's ominous. So, like, James Mays thought, like, that they were just playing around. He's like, all right, whatever. And he started to leave. He's like, okay, whatever. You guys are just playing. Until the oldest boy went out the back door, came around and grabbed him when he was trying to leave. And so James Mays went back inside through the back door. And he uh, found Michelle lying in a pool of blood. Oh, shit. On the kitchen floor. And this poor kids. Children have seen that. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's um, fucked up. So man. he he immediately tried to go get the phone, and he saw that the cord was cut, and or had been ripped out. And if you are a younger listener, phones used to need a cord. They used to be mounted to walls. Yeah, or they could be on like you tables. Could, yeah, you could like yeah. put, you could pick them off the like little hook thing that held them to a wall too, mm-hmm. and carry it around. Just yeah, have a long ass. Like some people would just have them on tables. Like remember my grandparents, they had it like literally mounted on like a door frame that you could yeah, just. Yeah, we like, had one. Pick up. We had one in our kitchen growing up on the wall, and then we had one in the living room on a table. Right. So, But you needed a cord. They were yeah. attached. They were attached. You couldn't just carry them the, anywhere. The new thing was they were no longer rotary. Right. You didn't have to go through the whole yeah, circle dial. Yeah, you actually push the button now. <laughs> you hear that, youngins? Pushing buttons? Like physical buttons. Yeah. They didn't have screens. And so when he found out when the phone was broken, he went to the neighbors. They called the police. At that point, it's too late. Of course, she's dead. Um, so during the confessions, uh, Henry These Wallace. These are my confessions. There's so much worse than that song. You know, <laughs> that's a bad one. Um, so Henry Wallace admitted to stopping by the apartment at 11 p.m. with the intention of raping and killing her. Why did he just come out and say all this? Why did he just say all this? I mean, was he coerced anyway? Was he under investigation? I'm getting there towards the end. I'm going to go through the murders first. Okay. Because it, shit went down quick. Yeah. Um. So he said they had hung out for a while. And when Wallace was leaving, 
What do you think happened? He put her in a chokehold. He got a, he got one of his little customary goodbye hugs, which he likes to do, which turns out is a maneuver technique to get them in a, you know, defenseless basically position. defenseless position. And put her in a chokehold. Jesus. Then he told her he wanted to have sex with her. She said she was sick and couldn't do it. So he was like, prove it. Bring me some medication. Bring me a prescription. I'm like, she can't. I'm like, what do you mean, bro? It's cold, bro. <laughs> So then after forcing her to have sex with him on the kitchen floor. Like uh, an animal. Wallace put her in yet another chokehold until she passed out. He then went to the bathroom, grabbed a towel, and began to strangle her. Except this time she started regaining consciousness a little bit quicker than other people. And uh, she started began, started began like to gasp for air and I guess struggle a little bit. So then he decided to stab her four times with a knife. Well, that that escalated real fucking quick. Mm-hmm. Um, so after he had stabbed her and basically killed her right there in the kitchen floor, while her two children are there asleep, the oldest son started to wake up. Yeah, and imagine this was loud as shit. I mean, if you're choking her, you can't make much noise. You're getting choked. I mean, you're stabbing someone there. They're gonna make some noise. If you if you still have their like windpipe closed though. Yeah, I guess that's true. You'll hear like you'll hear the puncture sound, I guess, but yeah. they could have they could have had a TV going. Who knows? Yeah. Um. So the oldest son started waking up, and Wallace actually told him to go back to bed, and the kid did because it was somebody that they were used to seeing around. And uh, he, like, so he had already kind of wiped down some of his fingerprints from anything that could be used as evidence or anywhere they would probably dust for fingerprints, and then he actually used a towel to. Open the back door so he wouldn't leave fingerprints on that. I'm surprised he left the kids that saw his face mm-hmm. and knew him mm-hmm. after mm-hmm. killing his mom. Right? At least there. he, at least he kind of has a code, right? <laughs> I mean, he doesn't kill. He didn't kill the kids. He didn't kill the kids. When he left, he threw the towel and the knife over the fence into the neighbor's backyard. Like what the fuck are they gonna like? They're gonna be like, oh, bl- like bl- bloody fucking knife. bloody. Uh, the knife was wiped down, wiped clean. Okay, but so. bloody towel, you got blood on your hands, bro. Come on. Yeah. First of all, why the fuck is there a towel and knife in my backyard now? Yeah. I was just hoping that the neighbor touches it. All oh, the fingerprints are on the murder weapon. Hey, I think they did it. Fuck. I don't <laughs> guess she was putting her music on too loud. <laughs> they went over, jumped the fence, stabbed her with their own knife, and then threw it. Back yeah, on their own side of the fence. Back in their own yard. And like, hey, it's mine. I, she came over here and stabbed herself and somehow managed to keep all the blood in her. Yeah. Then went back to her room and died. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I mean, serial killers aren't always pretty smart, you know? I would say most of the time they, the time they're, they're pretty above dumb. average. Like, I would say most of the time if they, if they have a long like stretch of getting away with it, pretty intelligent. That's what I'm saying. I think most of them are, are actually pretty smart. For the most part, and overall. lucky, and fucking lucky. Well, a lot of it was pre-technology, like yeah, and pre-DNA, plan, and like planned and out surveillance cameras, cell phones. Yeah. You know, before all of that became a thing. All right, and so let's move on to uh, the murder of Vanessa Mack. Return of the Mack. Hmm. Or not so much. So on February twentieth, nineteen ninety four, uh, Vanessa Mack, mother of two daughters. Uh, was found dead in her apartment by one of the girl's grandmothers, the oldest girl's grandmother. Um, she was found lying on her bed with a towel around her neck and blood coming from her nose, ears, and back of her head. So I kind of shortened that bit because the confession is really what tells you what went down. Yeah. So, again, uh, Wallace uh, confessed that he had called Vanessa to see if she was home. And when she picked up, he hung up because he knew she was home. And he walked to her apartment. Um, he admitted his motives were robbery, basically in order to support his crack slash cocaine addiction, and murder. Um, so, again, he tried to maneuver Vanessa into a position where he could apply a chokehold, but she wouldn't hug him. You Smart. Know, some people aren't huggers. Yeah. I mean, I am, but you try to choke me, I'm a bit better at fighting. <laughs> I hope. Um I'm also definitely not like the normal serial killers type. You're a little thick for that. <laughs> <laughs> All these thick boy hike and bike clubs. <laughs> Makes you harder to kidnap. Harder yeah. for the kidnapping. I'm, 
I'm sturdy. <laughs> I look like I can take a punch. <laughs> um, so when the hugging technique didn't really pan out. So this is the first time that didn't work, huh? So that's got to be a, kind of a shock to him, I imagine. I'm going to tell you this. This man recovers quickly. He knows what he's about. He uh, says you wouldn't hug him. And so then he's like, hey, can I get can I get like a drink, something to drink? So when she turned around, he pulled out a pillowcase that he had brought with him. <laughs> she brought a pillowcase with him? I don't know. He's a big man. That's wore baggy true. clothes. He can hide all kinds of shit in those like That's old big 90s ass clothes. Pockets. Yeah. And he strangled her with it, you know. So while he was strangling her and tightening it up, he he explained that it's a robbery and that he moved them into the bedroom and demanded her ATM card and PIN number. So uh, afterwards, he, again, forced her to have sex with him. And when they're finished, he's like, you need to put some clothes on. So she starts putting her clothes on. And then apparently the pillowcase is still around her neck at this point. And he just tightened that shit. I don't know, man. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know either. So, strangled her to death with a pillowcase. So, after he killed her, he went to check on the four-month-old daughter that was lying oh, there. And he stayed until she fell asleep. So, he's like what? weirdly making sure the baby's okay. And then he walked down the street and called a cab. And then he tried to use her ATM card, but the PIN number was incorrect. This guy is strange. He's a, he's a he's a weird fucking cat. Yeah, but it, you're right. He does have some sort of code though. Yeah, and so these are like I think this next two. Yeah, the next two are like really rough. Uh, <laughs> I mean, as these opposed, weren't as rough. As the others weren't, but like these Jesus are these Christ. are these are like super sad. Um, so the Betty Bauckham murder on March 9th, nineteen ninety four. Betty Bauckham, assistant manager at the Bojangles on Central Ave. Um, did not report to work. Her boss uh, called her in no response. Uh, she missed her shift the next day, and two of her coworkers stopped by her apartment to see if she was okay. Uh, they saw her car was there, and they knocked on the door but didn't receive a response, and they even looked through the windows, saw nothing was nothing was off. So on the third day of missing work, her boss, Jeffrey Ellis, because uh, he had already called her mother to let her know, so he called her mother again, and they decided to go to the police. And on March 10th, Officer Gregory Norwood received a call to respond to a girl's body being found in an apartment, and she was unresponsive. And uh, Officer Norwood found Betty's body lying face down with a towel around her neck. Uh, Henry Wallace said that he had went to the apartment and told her he needed to use the phone. And as he was leaving, he placed her in yet another chokehold and told her it was a robbery. This guy's he's Got his I mean, M.O. That's that's an M.O., right? That's what he's about. So it makes you a serial killer. Yeah. Um, so he was demanding the alarm code, keys, and the safe combination to the Bojangles she worked at. Um, and after she'd like kind of given him what he asked for, it took her 30 minutes to disclose the safe combination. So It's a while. That's resilient as yeah. fuck. And he let her go after she did that. Um, so after he released her, uh, Betty asked, why did you do that to me? And Wallace says, he said, um, it's all what he says because we don't have her actual perspective. But mm-hmm. she said, apparently she said, why did you do that to me? And he said, I'm a sick person and that he had hurt, like that I had hurt many people. So he wasn't even really trying to rob the Bojangles. He's just trying to kill people. Yeah. So then Betty did what I could never do. She embraced him and said she forgave him and that he should get help. <laughs> right? That's that's a insane amount of character for anybody. Like, yeah. I'm sorry. You put your hands on me, period. It's going to take me a while to get over you. Like, get over the fact that you just pissed me off. Mm-hmm. And then we you try to kill me? Yeah, we're going to be fighting. I'll, no, we're not going to be fighting because the moment you let me go, you're dead. <laughs> yeah. Um. Or if I can get away, I'd rather not kill somebody, but if you're trapped me in if my you're, apartment. Like, trying to kill me in my yeah. apartment, that's a different story. Yeah, right? If I'm like 
if I know I can get away, I'm getting away. But if you, I'm in a corner, game on, motherfucker. Um, but she was, but she's like, I forgive you, man. Gave him a hug. She's like, just gotta get some help. What a fucking angel of a human. I know. Um, but... Well, Wallace said that he became enraged. What? And grabbed her by the throat and threw her to the floor. He demanded that she have sex with him, but she said she had a rash, which he said, like later, he said it was the normal looking rash and that she could have just, she could just do, give him a blowjob basically. Um. So, well, I guess when he got his dick out, she began to pull and scratch his dick. Oh, oh, yes. Get <laughs> so it, girl. Fucking fight, Betty. Fight, fight to the death. Uh, unfortunately, that is true. Leo, she mm-hmm. fought to her death. Mm-hmm. Um, but she went out with her boots on. So they began to fight again. And then Wallace uh, received a bite to the shoulder and a bunch of scratches on his belly. On the belly? Yep. So uh, apparently she still had a towel on her neck because I don't know how he just. How, it, is, like, how the towel is just staying there? He probably ties a knot and like. Probably just doesn't, super doesn't fucking doing tight. It, yeah. but, uh, or he like just holds it there. Like, I don't know. But he either. said he said all he had to do was tighten the towel around her neck, uh, and he tightened it till she nearly passed out. Then she agreed to have sex with him, and then I mean to save her life. And then while she was putting her clothes on, he placed a towel around her neck and demanded money. Uh, so she gave him her purse, and then he took the gold chain from around her neck. Jesus. And then after that, he just strangled her to death. Um, he took her TV. Uh, to sell it for drugs, and then left in her car. You took a TV in 1994? Mm-hmm. That took some effort. Mm-hmm. Those suckers were heavy. And then, Well, it depends on the size of the TV. I mean, the small I mean, the TVs old, were the heavy. The box ones, yeah, but yeah. Yeah, it was a bit more manageable. Like, if she had, like, a 45-inch box TV, it probably weighs <laughs> 60 pounds at the time. It's un- more than that. ungainly as shit. Yeah. I remember I carried mine up two flights of stairs in college. All right, parents had, like, a... Like a 37, 38 inch, but like one of the old tubes. Man, that thing weighed more than I did. That sucker was probably yeah, 150 pounds. A beast. I yeah. remember having to carry it up, and I got no help carrying it up those damn steps. I had to carry it down without dropping I'd it. I carry it down. You put it on a fucking, like, just put it on your back and go. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, uh, he took her car and took her TV and stole her car with it. Um. He returned later that day. To make sure she was dead and then steal her VCR as well. <laughs> you can't have the TV without the VCR. Yeah, right? What's the point? Yeah. You gotta this, watch was that. Before, this was before they became in co- they came in combos. Right. Remember those? You got to watch that You know, copy of Lion King from Blockbuster. Mm-mm. It's the 90s, man. I don't think Lion King was out yet. Oh, it is 94. I think Lion King came out in well, 94. Close enough. I think, I think Lion King came out in 94. Oh, the Shawshank Redemption? I don't know. <laughs> Terminator 2? <laughs> <laughs> it's Castaway. Castaway was ninety five. No, yeah. Castaway was like two thousand. Yeah, it? it was like way after. Like you're thinking of like Forrest Gump. I think it's ninety four, ninety five. I think ninety five, right yeah. around there. Um, so he had her car for two days, just rolling around. Yeah, and then he left it in a parking lot because he thought the police were following him. And he wiped the inside and outside, except for the trunk lid. Okay. Except for the Don't trunk lid. Don't forget that. Okay. Won't. Well, let's hop on over to the Brandy Henderson murder now. I think we only have two left. Yes, this is one of two left. Um, so Brandy Henderson was living in her apartment with her boyfriend, Vernus Lamar Woods, and their 10-month-old son, T.W. Um, Brandy left in the morning. Wait, the kid's name was just T.W.? Yeah, T.W. I I'm, I'm, don't know if they're allowed to actually disclose the name. Oh. So, so that's T.W., a cool fucking but name. I'm assuming W's Woods, and T's his first name. But Probably. T.W. T.W. he got written down as. So Brandy left in the morning for a doctor's appointment. And then Henry Lewis Wallace actually arrived <laughs> with the intention of, like, telling her he was leaving town. Uh, but when he got there, he found out it was just, you know, her boyfriend there with her kid. So he's like, ah, fuck off. So at 5 p.m., Brandy came back to the apartment. And then uh, Vernus Lamar Woods had to go to work. Okay. So he left. Um, when he came back from work around midnight, he found that the front door was unlocked and items were like, and when he left, it was like a neat, clean, when he came back, the door was locked. Everything was neat and clean, tidy. Mm-hmm. When he came back, the door was unlocked. Shit was strewn about all over the place. So what the fuck? Yep. And, uh, the stereo was missing. Um, so he first went to TW's room 
And uh, when he turned on the light, he found T.W. sitting up in his bed, gasping for breath with a pair of shorts tied around his throat. A 10-month-old. Mm-hmm. And, like, white. He, they said something white coming out of his mouth. I'm assuming it's, like, foam or spittle or something. Yeah. Um, so, I guess the code has been broken. Code broke, boy. Yeah, so uh, fuck this guy. Yeah, this guy. Well, I mean, fuck this guy yeah, anyways, after the first murder, but. But at least he wasn't killing kids. Yeah, right? It's weird the standard how we change our standards when we talk about serial killers. Uh, so, I mean, of course, Vernus takes the fucking shorts off his son's fucking throat. Good call. Yeah. Um. And then that's when he notices that Brandy's lying face down on her bed with uh, towels tied around her neck. Always the fucking One, towels. I had no idea towels had the capability of being that. They're kind of thick to like, yeah. like you have tie. To fold them, I guess. I don't yeah, know. I don't know either. I'm not gonna look that up. No. But what the fuck? Yeah, I'll try it at home, <laughs> on myself, Carradine style. Yeah. Oh god. Try to crank one out when you do it. So y'all, that's why we call them all choking stroke. <laughs> <laughs> Focus. Uh, so, oh, okay, so she had the towels around her neck and that her face was actually blue. So he got the towels off. He called 911. He performed CPR as he was instructed. Uh, when the paramedics got there, it was clear she was dead. Yeah. Um, so in the confession, Henry Wallace, uh, he confessed that he planned to kill Brandy that Tuesday morning. Like that was, that's why he was there. Yeah. Uh, when he found out Woods was home, he went to kill Betty Bauckham instead. Just so Betty Bauckham's only dying because uh, Vernus Lamar Woods was at home. Because this work schedule. Mm-hmm. It's fucked. It's so fucked. he ret- fucked up. Yeah, he returned later uh, when he knew Woods wouldn't be there, and uh, told uh, Brandy that he needed to leave something for Woods, so she let him in. Um, again, asked for a drink, chokehold. Uh, he made her strip naked and have sex with her while she held her son, 10-month-old son, across her chest. Because at first she was like, I, I, I need to say my son. And he said, you don't want him to do that for what was about to happen. But, I mean, so she held him and she, like, turned his head away so she couldn't see. So he couldn't see the TW. So she's getting raped while her son's on her chest. Jesus. I told fuck. you, this shit's fucking awful, man. I mean... I know we're about some dark shit here at Raining Blood, but what the fuck, man. Hey, man. Uh, yeah. All right. We went hardcore there. Nitty fucking gritty, son. Um, Jesus. So after it was over and they were both getting dressed, uh, Henry Wallace actually went to the bathroom for a towel, wiped the apartment clean. Oh, oh, and uh, uh, then he folded the towel and strangled Brandy to death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, T.W. began to cry. You know, Ten months old to do that. And Wallace actually said he looked for a pacifier or something for the baby to drink. When that didn't work, he tied a towel. And then I guess he moved to shorts around his neck as well to get him to stop crying. The fuck, man? And then the baby laid down next to the uh, mom and I guess slept. That's what he said. He The kid probably wasn't sleeping. He was probably choking to death. So now I just get to the last murder here. The ba- huh? baby survived? Baby survived, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. At first they were worried Whew. that there was some severe brain damage due to lack of oxygen. Makes sense. Because uh, when they took him to the hospital, they were doing all these tests, and he didn't respond appropriately to being like jabbed with a needle because apparently that's how you test like if there's any nerve damage or anything like that. Mm. And he didn't respond the way he should have. And he had like a lot of pressure behind his eyeballs and stuff from his jugular vein being compressed. Mm. Um, but after time... He was okay. He was okay. Good, 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 good. And hopefully not mentally scarred because yeah. that would be super fucked. Oh, it's a little silver linings, you know? Mm-hmm. Small miracles. And so the Deborah Slaughter murder, I started getting real tired about reading. <laughs> All these fucked like, up things. Yeah, so I just went straight to his confession on this one. Um, he confessed to going to her apartment to do drugs. Um. And then when he found out that she had had money, like, kind of saved up because she said – because he was going to sell her drugs too. And she said, no, I can't buy them. I have to make my money last until next week. So she's clearly got a wad of cash somewhere. 
Yeah. The old drink towel routine happens again. Motherfucker. And then as as he's finally got the towel, as he gets, it's a towel he brought himself this time. He just brought a towel to a drug deal? I mean, it's a drug deal slash drug slash, I don't know. But again, baggy clothing in the 90s, probably not a thick towel. Yeah. But I mean, nobody, like, the fucking weird guy that brings a towel to the party. <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. Maybe he sweats a lot. I don't yeah. know. Um, so as he finally like, got it around her neck and stuff, she, uh, he, he even said Slaughter then realized he was the one who killed the two other girls in nearby apartments. Oh, like, shit. Uh, I think the apartments were called The Lake okay. Apartment Complex in uh, Charlotte. And she, like, recognized or She was like, oh, when, when, when he did that, he's like, oh, my God, you're the guy who's been killing people. Oh, fuck. Um, so, like, he squeezed a little tighter, so she went down to her knees, basically. Um... And then he told her to strip and give him a blowjob. Slaughter, I mean, kudos to her for being able to say this because it's exactly what I would have said. She goes, I don't do that. You might as well go ahead and kill me. I, I mean, I can respect that that amount of defiance in anybody at that point. Yeah, same. I got mad respect. And then he proceeded to rape her, and then kill as her. is his MO, as is MMO. Um, but he also knew that she carried a knife in her purse, and so he had her empty. Like I'm assuming, while he still had his hands like around the towel, choking her, um, that she emptied her purse, and when she did, he kicked the knife away. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he demanded the money, and as she was giving him the money, he picked up the knife. Um, at that point, she started fighting back, started yelling for the police. You know, just doing whatever trying, she could. trying to do whatever she could. Making noise. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then he tightened the towel again around her neck until she fell and started kicking on the ground. So she, he then tried to sit on her legs so he wouldn't, so they wouldn't alert the downstairs neighbor. I mean, like you hear an insane amount of kicking, either you're gonna complain or you're gonna go check. Wait, what the fuck, man? Yeah. Especially uh, if it's like prolonged. Hmm. Especially if it's like. Yeah, yeah, if it's like five minutes straight of just kicking, you're like, what the yeah. fuck's going on? Like, your neighbors are fucking loud, walk, stomping around right. and clogs whatever the fuck they're doing. But at least they, you know, they're like walking. If it was like five seconds it's, of that, no like, big deal. Like, if it was walk, like walk, five walk. minutes yeah, of them just like, like, bang, the bang, up. bang. But yeah. I'd be like, after like a minute, I'd be like, all right. Something's, got it. Something's yeah. not right. Uh, so uh, he got, like, as she's kind of like, I guess, groggy at this point, got another towel from the bathroom tied around her neck on top of the other one so double choked I guess um when that still wasn't working he then stabbed her about 20 times in the stomach and uh wiped the knife and placed it back in her purse then he left bought some crack with the money he just uh stole from her and then smoked it in her apartment with the dead body yeah yep that's hardcore Mm-hmm. And so Fuck, the way this guy gets arrested, uh, on March 9th, 1994, uh, investigators had started to know similarities in the Henderson and the Mack murders. Um, both black females, no sign of forced entry, and a use of a ligature or something to bind or choke. Correct. Uh, on March 10th, the very next day, investigators investigators are holding a meeting uh, about the similarities to other strangle like stranglatures. Yeah. Strangulations. Strangulations. Strang- I was thinking ligatures. ligature again. Yeah. Strangulation cases. And as they're doing that, news of the Baca murder broke. And it was the exact same shit as had been happening before. And so investigators then went to all the like other ones they assumed. And they had friends and family members uh, write a list of all the people the victims let into their apartment. And Henry Lewis Wallace was named on every on single one. On all of them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they were like... This is the guy. We, we kind of got it. That's a pretty quick that's investigation. Really fucking, that's really fast. Yeah. But there's still, as far as investigations that, go, that's But that's still, so you, good. you can only question at that point. That's, that's Just because he knows these people. He knows they, all they, of they the all, victims. They all work around each other. They all live near each other. I mean, what are the chances? I know, right? Um, <laughs> and then this was the kicker. March 11th, 1994. So it's been a three days. They're just piling shit on. Like, it's my mom's birthday. They're getting, they're going. March 11th, um, 94, uh, Bauckham's car is recovered. 
a palm print left on the car was a match to Henry Lewis Wallace. Oh, uh, he didn't try. He didn't clean off the trunk lid. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, fuck. A palm print, though. A palm print. Really. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So then the police issued a warrant for an outstanding larceny charge. Because they're like, hey, this is our chance to at least go after him. You know what I mean? And then um, during the search on March 12th, the next day, uh, the police are informed that Deborah Slaughter's body had been found. Jesus. So he killed, like, I think he killed, like, three women in, like, four days, right? Something like that, yeah. It's yeah, a it pretty short really, really fucking quick. window. Um, so that same day, same day, March 12th, um, between 5.30 and 6 p.m., Henry Lewis Wallace was arrested on the outstanding larceny charges. After being read his Miranda rights and made sure he understood them, the police let him know about their suspicions that he was connected to the murders, and they showed him the photos of himself trying to use Mac's ATM card and failing, and then also showing him the matching palm print. After after they showed him that, he straight up confessed to the murders of Love, Hawk, Spain, Stinson, Mac, Bauckham, Henderson, and Slaughter. Jesus Christ. Um, and then like it really not much happened after that at his trial his trial was uh, delayed uh, due to choice of venue DNA evidence from murdered victims and jury selection um, his trial began September 1996 prosecutors were seeking the death penalty while his defense argued for life imprisonment um, his defense claimed that because they weren't planned out and deliberate attacks or premeditated and deliberate attacks that they weren't first degree murders. And really? Mm-hmm. And they also used his childhood trauma from being abused basically by his mother as saying he has mentally incapable, I guess, of being charged for first degree. Like he had a mental health disorder, so they're like, oh, you can't can't charge him for not being I guess sound of mind. Yeah. Yeah. And they also tried to use uh, his crack addiction, which I'm like, nah, fuck that. He, like, that should never be used because no. you do it to yourself. Yeah, that's a uh, choice. So on January 7th, 1997, Henry Lewis Wallace was found guilty on all counts of nine, like, of all nine counts of murder. And he was sentenced to, on January 29th, to nine separate death penalties for each murder. So he got the death penalty. Because you have to do it by each murder. You can't right. Just, you know, so can't each, just like each work time. them all in. Yeah. And that's when North Carolina still had the death penalty. Yes. But only for like three more years. So did he get the death penalty? Or on, is he still alive? Well, on June 5th, 1998, Henry Lewis Wallace married a former prison nurse. Yeah, motherfucker, you thought I was going to say he died. No. I was about to say, that was the quickest, like, execution I would have ever heard of. No, no. He married a former prisoner at uh, Raleigh Central. And uh, the wedding was actually in a room adjacent to the execution chambers with, like, a def- like one of his, like, def- law- defense lawyers or whatever and, like, a warden there as witnesses. Yeah. This is why no one likes defense attorneys. Yeah, what the fuck? I mean, if you couldn't pay me enough money to be there. I'm like, like nah, fuck you, dog. Get, I got get, paid to protect you. Get, get another witness, right. bro. I don't give a fuck about you. Um, so he has appealed He appealed his death penalty um, and has gone to the North Carolina Supreme Court where he was denied because he said I should get life, in, life imprisonment instead of death. Okay, so he was just trying to switch his sentence. Yeah. And he wasn't like, trying to appeal his sentence. Well, I mean, it is an appeal. Since I it guess, was, yeah. since it was appeal a of death. a sentence, so he was yeah. like, "Okay, I want to do that," and they said, "Nah, fuck you." So you in in North Carolina, you get one more chance to appeal. Oh, okay, I didn't so know that. He went for another chance. You got because you have to go higher. You have to go higher up. Okay, gotcha. so I went. So I think he went to like a local magistrate. No, we're They're not like, changing it. So you. then he went to the North Carolina Supreme Court. He said, "What's going on?" Um, I think the attorney general said, "Fuck you, bro. <laughs> no, that's not." happening it's like not he now not ever he completely even rejected to hear the case like no no they're correct because the appeal court does not have to listen to it if, no. they, if they think they got it right they get they that's get it. to pick and choose it's like, totally if, if at they, their if leisure they, they actually could like maybe switch it they'll take it but if they're like nope they got it right well i mean not only if they i mean it's, they're only gonna take it if they can switch it because of a legal reason you yeah. be like they feel like this was wrong like in someone the case. fucked it up right 
Then they'll take it. And then it. they legally have to do it. Right. Uh, so his shit was denied. Um, his appeal was also rejected. He's still on death row, and then no date has ever been set. So since we don't have the death penalty, he's still just probably in prison. Right, because wasn't it, it was like 2001 or 2002 that they appealed it, the death penalty in North Carolina, and it's been kind of in limbo for like 18 years or whatever. I'm pretty sure that's correct. It's, I know it's a long time. So he's still alive is basically where we're at. That fucking sucks. I mean, to my knowledge. Yeah. I mean, more than likely. We can, I mean, we can also check the interwebs. So actually, right now in North Carolina, capital punishment is legal. Is it back to being legal? Despite being legal, though, there hasn't been a public execution. Uh, or I shouldn't say public execution. There hasn't been an execution since 2006. Okay. I knew there was there was a big legal thing about that. Yeah. Henry Lewis Wallace, the Taco Bell Strangler, yep. is still alive. 55. Yep. Currently here in North Carolina. Raleigh Central, right? Raleigh Central. Yeah. Hanging out downtown Raleigh by all your friends. Married. Don't forget married. <laughs> married. To a fucking former prisoner. What the fuck is wrong with that? That's like some Harley Quinn shit. It's even worse because this shit's real. Yeah. Who the fuck does that? This guy's just strangling people and you're like, oh yeah, I'll marry this crackhead that's yeah, murdering this crackhead people. who's killed fucking 11, nine plus. Whatever. Really probably 10, nine, but ten, one was 11, in South Carolina. Right. Jesus Christ. Yeah, man. That's fucking North Carolina's like more like most prolific, I would say. Mo- one of the most infamous serial killers in our state. This is why. There's I, like two I, other guys that had like eight. Yeah, but we this can guy, cover them later, but. This guy, man. I wish I was the attorney general. I'd bring the death penalty back just to kill him. I've been like, <laughs> all right, dickhead. Oh. I'm like, oh, we murder him? Cool. We can go back to having this discussion yeah. whether or not we should my, do this. Uh, my other favorite <laughs> part was uh, like during that whole thing, uh, the chief of police in Charlotte at the time in 94 sat there and he was like, I didn't even realize we had a serial killer until like the three killing, like the three killings in four days. I had no idea we had a serial killer. And then that caused such an outroar, like an uproar in the like more black community. Cause they were saying y'all didn't care because it was young black girls dying. They weren't, these weren't rich right. like white people. Y'all don't give a shit. And then one girl outside the court sat there and said, yeah, they just wrote them off as fast girls. We like to go hang out. Assuming fast girls means a prostitute. But yeah. I mean, it, it caused some serious tension in the area. Cause even the mayor is like, Hey, it's now safe for people. The people of East Charlotte. I'm like, Fuck you, weird. Yikes. Like, don't take that as a triumphant moment. Like, yeah, you caught him, but you should have caught him a while ago. Yeah. I mean, why wait till he gets like three people, like four, three people in four days, I think is what he did. Those last three. Um, I mean, you do got to like build up a pattern and all, and then he just fucking took off. But yeah, I mean, he was was building a pattern over three years. He had built a pattern. And then in 94 days when he really fucking cranked it up a notch, he just fucking went all out. This guy. Thank you all for listening. And until next time, this will conclude the episode. Thanks for tuning in. If you like what you hear, please leave a comment and subscribe. Thank you. This will conclude the episode. Thanks for tuning in. If you like what you hear, please leave a comment and subscribe. Thank you.